Here we go, college football payoff podcast, week two, what is this, episode three, week two, what episode number is it, Dino? I think this is the 40th episode, actually. Lucky number 40? Yes. Beauty. I'm Dan, that's Big Country, we are back again, uh, coming off a pretty good week for both of us, Six right? and two on the pod. Six and two on the pod, I was three and one. I was two and one. What'd you have? Wait, that's not six and two. Oh fuck! Five and two. Five and two. Damn, that's all right. I lied on Twitter. <laughs> you gotta do right. better. No, it's cool, man. So three and one, two and one, two losses. Not bad at all. We're positive. Um, Good math, by the way. Thanks. That's what I do, you know, for a living. All right, but uh, so just quick recap of last week. A lot of good games that were on. I saw a few upsets, but for the pod. I will recap mine. We had Florida, Utah over 51. All my games were pretty close. So Florida, Utah over 51. That game ended at, what is that, 65? No, 55. 55. It was 29-26. Illinois plus 3.5. That was a Indiana 23, Illinois 20. So I won that by half a point. Arkansas minus six. That game again was Arkansas minus <laughs> Arkansas thirty-one, Cincinnati twenty-four. Snuck that one out. Snuck out that one. And the one loss, which I mean, it was a great game, and I had to play it. But the Ohio State Notre Dame game, I knew I didn't feel good about the seventeen-point uh, spread. But there was a time there at the end where I was like, man, one more touchdown because they won by eleven. It's like go down and score real quick. You yeah, got, you're covering, but. A 21-10 victory over a top-five team, not bad at all. So that is my 3-1 and one week. Uh, what did you have? Man, my week last week was 2-1. Uh, and one. Got the easy cover Thursday night with uh, Tennessee minus 35.5. Never a doubt, really. I think it was 31 nothing at, uh, at halftime. Had minus 24 first half, too. Not on the pod. Um, lost, obviously, with Ohio State minus 17. Man, I... They are. I still think they're 17 points better than that team. But they, Yeah, for sure. You know, the defense Notre Dame ran just kind of took out, um, you know, their lethal passing game. And Smith and Jigma going down also hurt them too. Um, and then my other win was Clemson minus 22. And going forward, I'm going to go be a lot more cautious when it comes to Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, Ungalele or Ugalele Jello. Whatever his name is <laughs> TJ um, man he's just not the answer year three he's not the uh of him actually getting time on the field just not not the answer i think the other guy will be uh klubik k klubik mm-hmm. will be starting uh mid-season and then i'll get back on the clemson train so if if just a word to dabba sweeney if you're listening to this which i know you're not um if you want to make the playoff this year bench dj but thank you for the cover <laughs> So on the season three and two for me. Yeah, there. Were, I mean, there was good games all weekend. You know, playing everything off the pod. Like my other games that I didn't put on the pod. You know, you have what was it four, four, five, five straight days with college football starting on Thursday, right? Yeah, yeah. And the pit, the pit West Virginia game was phenomenal. I thought that was a great game. As a West Virginia uh, guy, that one was pretty heartbreaking. No, and I was pulling for West Virginia too. But the stadium, that I mean, that was the loudest I think I've ever heard that stadium. Uh, and then all the way through Monday, Monday was Clemson. So Sunday night was uh, Florida State, wasn't it? Was that Sunday night? Sunday was, was uh, Florida State LSU. That, 
we were sitting here watching it, and we saw them score that touchdown. I'm like, they're gonna miss this extra point. I needed a couple Sunday afternoon games. Yeah, it, yeah. I was. It was a little long of a wait to yeah. to finally get to that Sunday night game. I think I needed the break on Saturday because that was a long day, and then staying up late watching the Buckeyes. But all right, so a little bit more of a traditional week this week for college football. I think we got two games maybe on Friday. Uh, the rest yeah, of no, Saturday. Yeah, no Thursday so, games with the NFL yeah. kicking off. Oh, yeah, NFL's kicking off this week. So, again, you're back to football Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. But college football is more condensed this week. And we're getting back into our, you know, top top 25, top 15 teams getting their, their cakewalks in if they didn't do so already. Mm-hmm. Um, Bama got theirs last week. So this week they'll take on Texas. I'm staying away from that. I don't know about Quinn Ewers. I don't like him. I lo- I didn't even like him when he was at Ohio State. I just don't think – I don't know. I think he's too – he thinks too much about the money and the fame. Yeah. And I think Bama's just – it's ungodly what they do. Saban has them wound tight. But let's get into this. How many picks do you have this week? I got, you got- I got three locks for, for the listeners. All right, you got three. I got four, so I will start it off. Uh, we're going to go with 4 o'clock on Saturday. This is Akron against Michigan State. I do. I love Michigan State this year. I I said it last year even. I, I think that they're getting better and better, and I think this year they're going to be a pretty decent team in the Big Ten. And I hate Akron. <laughs> Akron is just the, – the spread for this game, this is how much I hate Akron. Uh, on a gambling standpoint, I don't have anything – Bad to say about Akron. Against the Ruse? Yeah. Or the Zips? I like the Zips, but this spread is at 34.5, and I'm taking Michigan State minus 34.5. The total's at 56. I, I want to stay away from that, but this is purely for me. I mean, I, I do like Michigan State, but this is purely just Akron is so bad. They played a – was it were they FCS at St. Francis? St. They, Francis a week ago, yeah. Are they FCS? St. Francis is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and they almost lost. They took them into overtime, pulled out a 30-23 victory against an FCS school. Akron's not good to begin with. They're, all their athletics, aside from soccer, have been just horrible. Um, and they were 17-point. This was at home, too, 17-point home favorites. So they're paying that St. Francis team to come play. St. Francis took them to overtime, almost beat them. Uh, I mean, they're running back. It's a sophomore, so they're a young team. Uh, he had 21 carries, 84 yards, scored a few, uh, actually scored the game-winning touchdown. But there was never a point in that game where it just felt like Akron had a real good grasp of what the game of football really is, I guess you could say. They have a junior quarterback. He's all right. He threw you know 22 completions, 37 attempts, 286 yards, a couple touchdowns. Uh, Ran the ball a handful of times for like 15 yards. Uh, they're, I think they're only senior. No, they had two seniors on the offensive side, and they were the two receivers that basically did all the receiving for that team. But I look at Michigan State, and they, you know, they take on Western Michigan, beat them handedly, covered their 21 and a half point spread. Home fans made it look easy. I think. East Lansing might be one of the more difficult places to play in the Big Ten. And not just because of the size, but because of how on top of the field everyone is. When you watch those games, you can see, like, 
Yeah. You got the bench, and then the stands are right there. Everything's right on top of you. And I think as a Mac school coming in, it's going to be it's going to be a lot to handle hearing Big Ten crowds screaming and yelling at you. It's a four o'clock game, so you're giving those those fans time to ramp up for this one. Uh, I really like Mel Tucker a lot. I think he's the perfect fit for Michigan State, but I don't think any problem here. Uh, Akron, let's see, Akron is one and eight against the spread in their last nine games. Oh uh, seven and one in their previous eight games. Eight week two games. Uh, Michigan State, they'll come out, they'll do what they need to do. They'll control the clock better than what they did against Western Michigan. Um, but they're just their ground game is going to be too much for Akron to handle. Akron's run defense, as well as their entire defense, is, is a struggle all year long. So uh, Akron gave up 250 yards a game last year, almost seven yards a carry. I think this is a cakewalk. I think Michigan State gets out. I think they try to make a statement because they see that in order to make it to that to the college football playoff, you know, and it's being expanded to 12 teams in a few years, I think this is their chance to kind of prove that they're someone in, in the Big Ten. So I'll take Michigan State uh, minus 34-and-a-half. Okay, uh, for my first game of the week, we are going to take a look at Miami uh, hosting Southern Mississippi this Saturday, noon kickoff. Uh, last week, man, Miami put it on Bethune-Cookman and uh, Mario Cristobal's first week as uh, head coach of the Hurricanes, or first game as head coach of the Hurricanes. 70-13 um, final score, 42-10 at half. Heisman, Dark Horse, Tyler Van Dyke, 13 for 16 with 193 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I really love that completion percentage, and I think we'll be able to slice and dice the Southern Mississippi defense. Uh, on top of that, the Hurricanes also had 305 rushing yards. Uh, they gave five-plus carries to um, five different running backs. So they are um, pretty much a running back by committee team and have a lot of options when it comes down to that late-in-the-game um, you know, opportunity for Southern Mississippi to get a backdoor cover. We still have good talent on the offensive side of the ball for Miami that could keep scoring. And that's also backed up by Miami's backup quarterback, uh, Garcia. In the game last week, he went 7-for-7 seven seven for 88 yards. Uh, led the Hurricanes on four different touch scoring drives after Van Dyke left the game. And uh, even better on the defense side of the ball for Miami, they only allowed 93 yards rushing uh, last game. We take a look at Southern Mississippi. They're in a huge uh, letdown spot. They are drained from last week uh, after losing 29-24 in a four-overtime game to uh, Liberty. Uh, their quarterback, Ty Keyes, went four for eight passing 89 yards four did you say four for eight four for eight yeah 89 yards yeah (laughs) uh two interceptions so um and the southern mississippi also had five turnovers that game seems like the only person on this team is frank gore jr the son of frank gore yeah everybody knows who frank gore is last week against liberty frank frank gore went for 178 yards and two touchdowns um, that's not going to be able to happen this week. Miami's going to be able to beat up S- Southern Mississippi in the trenches on offense and defense. Frank Gore's not going to be able to run for 100-plus yards in this game, and they're going to have to force Keys to throw, and considering he threw four completions and two picks last week, 
I think this is going to be a pretty easy cover for Miami. I like this all the way up to four touchdowns. Right now it's at minus 24.5. I expect this to climb and get it while you can, but lock it in now. Miami, minus 24.5. Beauty. Man, four for eight, and then half year completions. So we're to the other team. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Jeez, that's rough. All right. So you talked about Miami. I'll talk about the other Florida team. Uh, not Florida State, but the team that probably made one of the bigger impacts in week one, and that's the Florida Gators. Uh, they're taking on Kentucky. This is 7 o'clock uh, at the Swamp, I believe, yeah. 7 o'clock Saturday in Florida at the Swamp. Both teams are 1-1, one and one, a little SEC showdown. But I think the big story here, and it's going to be talking about Florida. Billy Napier starts off his, his era as a Gators head coach pretty high. Uh, upset win, which I don't think it was – you know, the rankings say it was upset because Utah was seven, but I think Utah was ranked seven. They were ranked that high because of how they played last year. Um, Florida, I think, should have been ranked, but that all changed this week. Utah went into Florida. Florida upset them 29-26. Um, the crowd was electric. It, it felt like those days when Urban Meyer were there, Tim Tebow, you know. It felt like Florida football was back, but... The upset win, Florida actually went from unranked to number 12. Many people can look at this and say, all right, after a big win at home, going up against Kentucky, who is a basketball school, historically, everyone goes, I don't know, this is a letdown. But Florida has, after week one, probably the Heisman candidate that I will be watching all year to see what he does because this dude is an athlete. Anthony Richardson, sophomore quarterback, he made a few plays, and I actually was listening to not just gambling podcasts but just random football talk, um, reading articles and whatnot, and just about everyone was saying Anthony Richardson is one of the most athletic players they have ever seen. Whether it be football, basketball, baseball, any sport, they said this dude is a freak athlete. And he had one play where I think he had two Utah guys running in. They ran into each other. He spun out of it, you know, bought time as a two-point conversion, threw it to the back of the end zone wide open. But the fact that he just made that play, and it looked like Terrell Pryor. Like Pryor was the guy who he would glide everywhere. It didn't look like he was doing anything. That's what Richardson looked like. And, I mean, his he started off the season. He rushed for three touchdowns, uh, go-ahead score. He had 106 yards rushing on 11 carries, 17 for 24. Yeah, 168, but he kept them off balance. And of those 17 receptions, seven different receivers caught the ball. Uh, Their running back, Montrell Johnson, 76 yards, 12 carries. Freshman Trevor Etienne, eh, you know the Etienne name, uh, 64 yards on just five carries. Florida was averaging 7.6 yards per carry, um, but it was it was all shadowed by Richardson's play. Yeah, uh, he's special. I'm I'm really excited. Defense stepped up when they had to. I mean, they still gave up a good chunk of yards, but I'm all right with the defense. I think I think this game right here, um, Florida's easily going to cover it. It's Florida five point favorites. And I wouldn't be surprised. I think I said it 
in our week zero podcast, or maybe we were just talking about it uh, around the office, that I think Florida could have a shot at being that at-large SEC team. Uh, obviously, Bama's going to, you know, unless Bama, every player on their team gets injured, I think Florida could be that kind of dark horse. They have a they have a good path, and Anthony Richardson with both his arms and his legs, geez, he and he's actually going to be a potential first round pick. We talked about that yeah. last week. Um, Kentucky, they got Bob Stoops, but they're I think they're a little inexperienced. Stoops brings in Mark. a nice what's that? Mark Stoops. Mark, what did I say? Bob. Did I? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Mark, Mark Stoops. Sorry. Um, I think they're just they're still getting that their feet underneath them. Uh, like I said, it Kentucky feels like basketball, but they are starting to warm up to the the football aspect of the ball. Um, if they can keep them under twenty, they're effective. But I don't think Richardson. I think Richardson himself can probably score twenty one points. Uh, when those games go over twenty, Stoops' record is nineteen and forty, and Richardson is just he's ungodly here. I really like the way the Florida offense was running or playing with the ball and uh in the swamp it's just a different beast. So I'm gonna take Florida minus five against Kentucky. Okay. I'm just really glad to see Billy Napier win his debut at Florida. I yeah, really I, liked I him didn't, as a coach, former Saban assistant. Yeah, and I really didn't want to see Utah. I like I was excited for utah mm-hmm. because you don't really hear them and they're that takes me back to like when boise state was someone yeah you know those cinderellas but i think it's kind of like tipping the scales back to balance like all right utah go back out okay. west and let real football be played out <laughs> yeah. here all right speaking of saving assistance we're gonna go check on the game where Saban is playing his assistant or former assistant steve sarkeesian um alabama is going to be visiting texas this weekend and probably I would say one of the biggest marquee matchups of the weekend. Um, and I have a pick up pick for you for that game. So last week we all know Alabama just routed Utah state 55, nothing really not nothing surprising there. Heisman winner, Bryce young, five passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, also a hundred rushing yards. Um, I saw this comparison that he was out there playing like Steph Curry would. He's like the Steph Curry of college football and it actually made a lot of sense. I usually hate comparisons like that, but Bryce Young was wheeling and dealing, as I expect him to do for the whole year. Uh, Georgia Tech transferred Jameer Gibbs, uh, ran for 93 yards. With the, he ran one for 58 yards. Uh, that was his longest run of the day. Uh, they had three wide receivers with five-plus catches, and um, the defense only allowed 136 yards from Utah State last week and only let them get seven first downs the whole game. Um, on the other side of the field, Saban knows who Steve Sarkeesian is. He's his former offensive coordinator. They won a national championship together. Sarkeesian even um, credits Saban with saving his life and career uh, after he had a pretty bad debacle at USC. Um, he was going through some stuff. You can Google it if you want. Loves um, the alcohol. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I just think this is – too powerful of an Alabama team and too early in the season for Texas to be hitting their stride. Um, I do like Texas's outlook, especially in the Big 12 for the rest of the season. I do think they'll lose to Oklahoma, but they should be able to handle business with everybody else. Um, 
I just also think that this game is going to be too much for Quinn Ewers. Uh, he is, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, was at least a really good high school football prospect, one of the highest-rated quarterbacks ever rated by Rivals.com. Um, transferred from Ohio State last year. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, you got, cool you guys that. like Stroud, though, so it's not, it's uh, not a problem. Some of us do. Um, and but Ewers, man, he's a good, he's a really good quarterback. It was fun to watch him last week play ULM. But uh, he's just not ready to jump from ULM to Alabama in a second career start. Uh, on the other side of the ball for Texas, they gave up 259 yards to ULM, who was one of the worst offenses in the country last year, or over the last three years for that matter. Um, so that was kind of a red flag to me. We're going to go revisit a an old bet that was very successful, successful for us in 2019 and 2020, and that's going to be Alabama first half. Ooh, so I don't like necessarily think say I think Saban does have a lot of respect for Steve Sarkeesian because he, um, you know, saved him. They won a national championship together. He was a great assistant for him. I don't think he's going to purposely run up the score on him. I am going to take Alabama probably personally uh, minus twenty, um, but I am worried about the back door. So I will, for the pod purpose, take minus eleven and a half first half Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, watching, I mean, because I didn't think Ewers looked all that good. I, again, I think he is just in it for the NIL. And, yeah, he was a great quarterback in high school. But last week, I mean, you got to do something more against ULM. You know what I'm saying? You can't just go out there and play how he played. It was, I don't know. And even, you know, I I still wouldn't want him at Ohio State, so I'm glad he went back home. But, who uh, isn't no, – what's his name? Never mind. I'll think about it later, and I'll bring it up towards the end. Random football player? Oh, I got a very good one for today. Good. Stay tuned. All right. So third game of the day for me. We are going to go Tennessee Pitt. This game I am taking a total play, and we're going to go over 66-and-a-half. Tennessee and Pitt. I mean, last week, watching that West Virginia Pitt game, that was two two quarterbacks in that game made names for themselves. You know, they were known for playing at different schools, and now the the uh, transfer portal ended them up. They were playing in the backyard brawl, and it was a brawl. It was a high scoring. It was a great game. You got Keaton Slovis for Pitt. I mean, he threw for over 300. Their running game was basically held in check. But Slovis threw for over 300. They still came out with 38 points. And now he gets to go against Tennessee, who Tennessee, known for their offense, not so much for their defense. Um, They're okay. They're an SEC team, you know, but they need to prove they can handle themselves. Last week, who did Tennessee play? Didn't they play Ball State? I mean, that's a laugher. You're playing a, a max school. You beat the crap out of them at home. It's supposed to happen. We know that their offense is good, but I don't think their defense was tested. I think this is still – I think week one for Tennessee was more or less extended fall camp, I guess, trying to get everything working, and now the real season starts for them. But Pitt's offense, firing on all cylinders, they had to make you know they had to make it happen right away. Um, and I think Keaton Slovis has himself a day. Tennessee's offense – Unreal. I think they they have easily thirty five points over. You could probably see over close to 800, 900 yards of offense total in this game between the two teams. 
Um, like we said, their defense isn't anything to write home about, but they scored 59 last week against Ball State. I think they turned off the Jets somewhere in the fourth, maybe late third. Uh, not as many plays in backfield, but offensive line for Pitt or defensive line for Pitt was wore down. I think they're going to be a little tired, and I just think the Tennessee offense is just going to go off. It's going to be another shootout game. Pitt will rush the passer. Secondary will get torched because of it. West Virginia was balanced uh, against Pitt. JT Daniels, I mean, I think that game goes the other way. If Daniels' perfect pass doesn't hit off dude's if, hands, if off his helmet. Bryce goes, Ford Wheaton didn't volleyball set it to the DB. And he, Yeah, and he still had a fantastic game. So yeah, he did. It was literally just the one play. So um, Pitt's going to keep up. Tennessee will fire. Pitt will answer back. It's going to be a thriller. It's going to be a lot of points. I think Tennessee comes out with the victory, but my money here is on points being scored, offense being on display, and very little defense. So uh, Tennessee Pitt, I'm taking the over 66.5. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good pick. I, I'm just not sure what to uh, make of those two teams yet. I think Pitt is better than what they played on Thursday. I think it was mm-hmm. kind of a rivalry game effect. Yeah, I just think the offenses for both schools are going to be more more in tune than the defenses are. So, All right. All right, for my last game. Are you done after this one? I got one more. Okay, I think we got the same thing here. What do you got? I got Iowa State, Iowa, the Cyhawk, under 40 and a half. Let's hear it. Okay. Uh, under 40 and a half. We all watched this uh, Iowa. Well, not all of us, but I had money on this uh, South Dakota State Iowa game last it. week. Had got uh, South Dakota State at plus 12 and a half. Easy cash. Never a doubt. Um, didn't give it out on the pot, of course. But uh, Spencer Petrus, he is the quarterback for Iowa. I spent all last year watching him just not move the ball up and down the field why, while having one of the most elite defenses in the country. And after last week, I can see that it's probably the same thing that's going to happen this year. Iowa has an elite defense. They have a bottom 15 offense in the yeah. country. Um, that is really hard to achieve, actually. Um, Iowa's defense held SD, uh, SDSU last week to 120 total yards and mm-hmm. only won 7-3. to three. And four of those points were two safeties. That's the first um, time that a score was seven. A score had seven involved in it. And there was no touchdown scored. Yeah. So the defense scored twice and outscored their offense by one point. Yep. It would have been way cooler if that final score was 5-3. to three. <laughs> uh, They also held uh, the Jackrabbits of Sandy, uh, South Dakota. I don't know why I'm saying SDSU. South Dakota State yeah, University. I think it is so SDSU, SDSU still. Yeah. Um, but uh, to only six first downs. Mm-hmm. So while we know Petrus went 11 for 25, 109 yards and one interception against an FCS school, actually a very good FCS but they're, school. Yeah, and they're usually a very good offensive FCS yeah. school. So we know they're I, – I just feel like their defense was tested enough, but, I mean, just unacceptable performance from the offense yet again for Iowa. And um, when you look to the other side of the ball, Iowa State – or other side of the field, Iowa State lost Brock Purdy and Brees Hall to the NFL draft this year. Um, so they're losing most of the production they had from last year. And this is kind of known throughout the big 12 that this is a rebuilding year for Matt Campbell and the Cyclones. Um, Xavier Hutchinson last week for Iowa state against their FC opponent did score three touchdowns, caught three touchdowns at wide receiver. 
looked like he couldn't be stopped. Um, but that's just not going to be the case this week against Iowa. Um, this total is 40 and a half. This to- this game did go over 40 and a half last year, but it was the only time since 2018 that it has. Um, I'm pretty confident that Iowa will be able to stop Iowa State, and I'm pretty confident that Iowa won't score too many points. I like this under 40 and a half. I like it too. Okay. I'm going – I'm right there with you. We got to come boat. up with a slang, we a do slang have word to for like something. when we agree on something. Everyone out there, try to help us figure out what we can call our uh, – our agreement, picks, our agreement picks, because <laughs> it doesn't happen a lot. But we're gonna, we're gonna see a uh, treaty pick treaty. We could, we could do that. Maybe we'll think of something and put it out to a vote. But Iowa, Iowa State under forty and a half. I mean, for me, last week I threw on. I think it was the Michigan game, and then just kind of watched football all day. And I kept looking back because I wanted to watch Iowa. It's Big Ten football. Every so often, I turn it back, turn it back, and it was just a snooze fest, but that's Big Ten football. That's Iowa football. That's not even Big Ten football. That is Iowa football. This game kind of reminds me of, you know, those old pictures where guys are wearing the leather helmets and, you know, the game ends six to nothing or whatever it is. Iowa's defense is just elite. They're going to be playing at home. Um, I think it's more of the same. Their offense is pretty bad. Uh, Iowa State, just like you said, they lost a lot. So I'm with you. I think this is a low-scoring game. I think the total might even be single digits for both teams. If I had to think of a score, you know, like yeah. 9-6 to six or something like that, I don't think Iowa can score a touchdown. I really don't think they can score touchdowns. But I like it. So we're both on that game. Is that it? Is that all you got? That's all I have. I just have my three locks. All right. Well, uh, let's I'll run through mine real quick. You can run through yours. And then uh, we'll close this out. So, um, building off, I am 4-2 and two overall. I got four for you this week. Michigan State, minus 34.5 against Akron. Florida, minus 5. Tennessee Pitt, over 66.5. And, and the Iowa State-Iowa game, under 40.5. That is with Big Country. What do you got? I have, like Dan said, Iowa-Iowa State, under 40.5. Alabama first half, minus 11.5. In Miami, minus twenty four and a half. Beauty. Three and two on the season. Looking to be six and two by the time we're talking next week. Yeah, I mean we're we're rolling right now. It feels good. Um, and then NFL's coming up, so I got a lot of money to be made. So, all right. Uh, is there anything else you want to tell them? Hit them with the socials. Let us know where they can find us. No. Oh my bad. <laughs> I was trying to set this Survivor League up. Ooh. <laughs> um, uh, you can find me at Big Country Bets on Twitter. You can find Dan at dposk13. That is dposk13. You can find us, the pod, on Twitter. Support us. Tweet at us at CFP underscore pod. And if you search college football payoff, yes, payoff, not playoff. If you search college football payoff on any podcast streaming service, you'll be able to find us. Make sure you share with your friends. Like, subscribe, rate, review, all that, all that good stuff that will help us out. You said it all. I don't have to add anything to that. Uh, We'll sign it off. I'll give you the random college player, Terry Baker, quarterback for Oregon State. First overall pick in 1963, won the 62 Heisman. He is the only player in the history of the game to win the Heisman and appear in the NCAA basketball Final Four in the same season. 
It's a hell of an athlete right there. Hell of an athlete. Thank you, Terry Baker. <laughs> All right. I'm Dan. That's Big Country. We will see you next week.